Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you, yes you, on a journey into the crucible for a weekly or fortnightly celebration of all things Keyforge, its community, and of course, the excitement of Discovery. I'm still somehow here. Actually, it is nearly two years on as your co-host, Ed Pocock, and I'm joined today as always, as always? As always, as always, by my good friend, Zach Armstrong. Zach, how are you doing? I am doing well, Ed. It is good to have you back. Uh, I am surprised that Wild Wormhole wasn't the culprit this time. It wasn't. It actually wasn't. It was just a busy post-pandemic life, but not too busy to uh, to to return to the the fold. That excitement of discovery, that lure of discovery is too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yes, oh yes! I've been experiencing myself back in person. Uh, our little, our little play group in Athens, Georgia, has been firing on a regular basis, uh, getting chain bounds every Monday, and it has been, uh, it has just been utterly, utterly joyful, utterly joyful. And I'm super excited to hear a bit more about it because today we are going to be talking about your top tips for running a successful Keyforge night in this new world in which we reside um and super excited to kind of get into get into the details of that yes yes uh me too i've been able to be kind of the uh champion for keyforge in my local area and um i've uh, had some good lessons learned along the way so i wanted to kind of impart impart those and then uh, uh after the episode once you hear this if you have any that uh, you don't hear today please uh hit me up on on twitter uh, send us an email all that information will be uh, in the uh, in the notes below, so we can just share information about how to make these things successful. So, Zach, of course, I think you're a champion, but how <laughs> did you become essentially the champion for Keyforge in your local area? For anyone listening, thinking, hmm, perhaps now we, I've got a, it's a new world out there. I can do anything. Maybe I want to do that. How did you become that? Uh, mostly through just being entirely too intense of a person sometimes. <laughs> uh, but the the process is, right, so if you are the kind of person who you want to play Keyforge, but, and you want to play in a group of people playing Keyforge, and you think you could take on the task of putting it together, that's all it takes to, to be the champion for Keyforge in your area. Um, you need a couple of things. You need uh, to work out what your partnership with the FLGS looks like. It might be they're running the whole thing. It might be the night will only happen if you're volunteering your time. Uh, but above all, I think uh, 
Uh, above all, not worrying about the FLGS, how the tournament or the chain bounder or the night is run. I think the biggest thing is uh, wherever Keyforge is going to happen, whether you've made it happen or the FLGS is, uh, you need to make sure there's a champion there every week. And I'm not saying you specifically, although in the early days it will probably be just you, but if you can find somebody with uh, flexible time who is, they don't even need to be outgoing they just need to be friendly and can welcome people just make sure there's somebody like that there every week be texting with that person making sure they're there i've done that with a local player uh when i can't be there i say hey can you go can you you know make sure people feel welcome that night just so that there's consistency there's a familiar face and somebody to welcome people in uh that night i would say that is the baseline (laughs) uh the baseline for for what you need to be a champion and I'm going to pause there because the, did the base come through? A car literally drove by, like shaking my chair with its. Uh, it did base. not at it all. It did not. Okay. <laughs> I was okay. like, "What? <laughs> What's he doing?" Uh, then uh, I I didn't have quite as much confidence, or I didn't have enough confidence in uh, the make of my table and oh, the microphone because <laughs> drug base. <laughs> I could have I could have sworn it would have transferred straight into the mic, but. Uh, Wow, must be a little insulated here. That's lovely. Good job, little table. Good job. And listeners, I think the episode we did, episode one, in fact, with uh, guest Steve Broder, who's one of the community organizers here for Keyforge in London, uh, on building a community is still very, very, I'd say pertinent. A lot of that will, will resonate very well as a companion episode, I'd say, to the one today. Yes. Uh, And something I will shout out that uh, as I was looking to try to build community, uh, even before I was on as a co-host here, something I stole from that episode was Steve's habit of playing his creatures and artifacts upside down so that a new player can read them because he's got them all memorized. And uh, if you walk into our little game store, Tyke's Games on a Monday night, you'll see at least half of the players playing with their cards upside down so that the newer player across from them can read them. So uh, that's kind of been built into our into our DNA, which also just shows an aura of you know of helpfulness, an attitude of helpfulness that a lot of people share, which is just a nice thing to see, you know. And I don't think we've even spoken about this, Zach, but all of my KeyForge for the past year or so has been upside down because it's always <laughs> been in in person anyway. It's always been against casual opponents, either my right. partner or my friends, and with them I play upside down and that's just how we play keyforge to them actually it's not upside down it's just the right <laughs> way up and i think another thing which maybe wasn't such a big factor back then is of course making people feel safe in a social environment now we've all come from an interesting year where we've been thrown into lockdowns and uh, everyone has i'd say a different threshold of 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 how they feel safe particularly going back and re-entering social environments and that's going to look different depending on where you listener are in the world but definitely making sure that everyone feels comfortable or at least knows what to expect within a given environment is is going to be massively important week to week really as what people feel about certain things changes over time yeah, and that is something to work with your FLGS on. Something we'll be getting into is just that relationship with your friendly local game store is what that stands for, in case you uh, were wondering what I meant there. Uh, because that rela- relationship with a friendly local game store when it comes to 
public health and safety and any regulations they must abide by, anything they feel convicted that, hey, we we are going to do things this way because uh, this is how we're going to make people feel safe. And so please have your Keyforge Night abide by this, whether that's masks or barriers. Uh, just make sure that is clear and communicated and that uh, however you feel about what the, the safety implements the store is putting in, like, it's going to be easiest if you want Keyforge, uh, abide, abide by, abide by the store's rules. If you're going to have extra masks for people so you can hand them to them if they don't have one, you know, have those on hand. They cost, uh, you know, they just cost a few bucks to have a pack of, of spares on you, uh, which uh, I do as well over at, at ours. I always have a pack of masks in case someone um, requests that I put one on or, or uh, something similar, you know. Awesome. Awesome. And of course, many of us have barely set foot in our friendly local game stores over the past year. Maybe we even discovered Keyforge within the past year and we've never set foot in <laughs> our friendly local game store. So it can feel maybe a bit scary, the idea of going, hey, local game store, do you fancy running a Keyforge night? But, you know, Zach, what would your tips on that be to essentially work with your local game store to set up a local and successful Keyforge night. Yeah. So whether or not they're they're having one, you definitely want to be popping in and building a relationship with them so that if you're going to be helping, they they do trust you, whether that's the, the staff or if the owner is like the one staff member, uh, whatever the situation is. And uh, if you can spare it, if you've got, you know, if you've budgeted for here's what I'm going to you know spend on board and card games, make sure you're spending some money there because that with your time, if you pop by, you know, once a week, once every other week, you pick up a Keyforge deck every now and again, you know, you know, you pick up uh, the new Arkham Horror base set when it comes out. That's going to say Ooh. that's going to say that you're serious. Yes, I'm very excited about that, by the way. Uh, that's going to tell them that you're serious and that you're invested and that if they do kind of uh, help use you and your your labor hours in putting an event together, uh, that that you are really want to, to help it happen. So definitely build build that trust. If they're already running a Keyforge night, uh, ask them how it's going. Ask them how I feel about it. Ask how how you can help if you're you know happy to volunteer. If they're not running one, uh, that's where I have a lot of tips because I actually am the I have a key to the store on my regular keychain that I take everywhere with me <laughs> to our FLGS because I run the Keyforge night. Um, I actually lock up at the end of the night. Uh, I can do sales at the register. Um, and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, so that is, if they trust you, that is the kind of position they'll let you get into where you can actually run, run the, uh, night of Keyforge yourself. And if you don't have the keys, then you can't do any of the embezzlement. Oh, I, I, I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> um, honestly, if, even if I had enough knowledge and skills to embell, em, like, uh, <laughs> embezzle from a business i'd have much better easier targets than a board game store because they're not <laughs> they're that. not uh they are works of passion and not of fortune is uh the impression i get they don't call you ronnie for no reason zach <laughs> oh that that's that's true mostly because they don't call me ronnie <laughs> <laughs> nice day yeah uh. so uh if if there is not, uh, here's a trick, and I believe uh, if I remember correctly, and uh, Mr. Blake Boulevard Paper Fight Coach can—that's all one person. If you don't know who he is, uh, he actually—I think this was his tip a while back—is that if you have a laptop, so that's, that's assuming if you have a laptop and you have a smartphone, you can gem the Global Event Manager. That is the software that it takes to run 
uh, FFG's chain-bound, official chain-bound kind of mini round-robin tournament. Uh, where when decks win, they acquire chains that are only enforced uh, at the chain bound. So if you're bringing a very strong deck and you keep winning, you get more and more chains and eventually your deck is a bit weaker and people should be able to to beat it is the idea. Uh, but if you say, hey, I'll bring in or like if you all have a laptop or I can bring in my own laptop and my smartphone and I can run the Keyforge night like uh, we can, of course, set expectations. What do you want me to do? Is there anything special because of how you run your store? But I can run it for free now this is a big ask you are literally working for free just because you love a card game <laughs> that somebody else is making uh however if you are as intense about it as i am uh it does work i have a great relationship with sean who runs the store uh, i've got his login because you need the store's login to run uh to enter into the global event manager and then run the keyforge night um but it runs it runs pretty smoothly uh, it runs pretty smoothly, and once uh, all of your regulars have an Asthma Day uh, account to so you can get them logged, uh, it really starts to run really smoothly, even if it's just you. And remember to lean on, if you have other people who are helpful, remember to delegate. That's something I'm not great at, but now uh, I've got a few players who get out early. I'll, hand, I'll open my bag, and I will hand them the mats. I will say, hey, can you grab the table from the closet and set it up over there uh, You know, for the laptop that's going to have the timer on it? Can you get the music going? Um, so that's always to start to get it running yourself, really just the mechanics of it, uh, to start to get it running yourself. So you can actually just make the night happen at your FLGS. And I think the core to that is that relationship with, uh, the management, the staff of the FLGS, make sure you get solid there, that they trust you, that you set expectations with them. And then that will just open up, uh, more possibility for, for you to help. And for those that have maybe not heard of a chain bound before or, you know, what what is a chain bound and what does it take to run it? Does it have to be super official? Do you need the mm. seal of FFG approval and the, the crown of the Archons or or can anyone run it? How does that work? <laughs> uh, well, it does take the crown of the Archons, but fortunately that lives in the heart of every person who opens a Keyforge deck. <laughs> Oh, 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 that was I don't I haven't decided whether to to rib you for that one just being absolutely vomit inducing or to be like, oh, that's so sweet. I think our audience mm. will be divided 50-50. Yeah, yeah, I, I do I do love to sow sow that dissension. Um so all all it, what a chain bound is is it's the just kind of official game night format. It is officially a mini tournament, kind of Swiss or round robin style. Uh, for all the players there. So if you have four players, it's everybody's going to play the other person once. It's three rounds, so it really doesn't take that long. And uh, you set it up in the system. You have to enter a few details that are pretty self-explanatory. Date, time, Archon Solo or Sealed Solo. Um, there is an accessibility setting. If you have somebody there in an, you know, a mo an assisted mobility device like a wheelchair, uh, you can actually set the number of people who don't have to move. So those people don't have to deal with, you know, uh moving themselves around a game store so uh they've uh, good good shout there ffg getting uh getting that in there and uh so a chain bound it will run the tournament for you once you've got everybody scanned in you scan their play player profile qr then their dex qr and you get them all scanned it's got a timer built in and so once you practice with it for like one or two chain bounds it's going to be pretty smooth sailing and then like we said before if you win at a chain bound you get chains uh, which just apply during just, well, any chain bounds anywhere in the U.S., but not at any kind of higher level things. So 
It is official in the sense that it's uh, connected back to FFG, even though you and the store are running it. And what I like about it is it gives a structure. And I think people actually end up playing more games than in a casual night where it's like, okay, I've just finished up my game. But Ed, of course, brought a Heart of the Forest Grump Buggy deck and he has a big evil grin on his face. So, you know, his game is going in a long time. Oh, I don't have somebody else to play. Uh, Well, let's play again. And then Ed's game finishes. What this does is it gives it a structure, a timed structure where uh, there's the set amount of rounds and then it tells people who to go play and people really enjoy the structure to it. An open play night is good if you're really trying to be intentional and advertise it as maybe a new player night or a place to just try out decks. That's totally fine. But I think the standard being a chain bound is a successful formula. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, actually... Yeah, in this example, Ed loses all of his friends uh, by the end of the <laughs> night because no one it's wants true. to play it's with true. him anymore. Um, in, in this example, Zach has a stern talking to with Ed because Ed should have known better than to bring a Heart of the Forest <laughs> to a casual chain bound. <laughs> yeah, my double Heart of the Forest uh, brig deck is, uh, <laughs> is, is not a fun one to play or play against, to be honest. Right, but, um, right. Oh, yeah, you're being serious. I forgot you have you have double Heart no, of the Forest. No, I do. Brig. I do. I do. Right. And I have taken it to an event before and really <laughs> wish I hadn't. Um, but that's a story for another day, Zach. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and talking about decks, what formats are best, in your opinion, for a chain bound, for an evening chain bound? What formats work best? Maybe what are the different pros and cons of each? Sure. Uh, and something I will specify here because it will matter in the words you're seeing in gem is uh, the format is either Archon or or sealed, right? Bringing an open deck or bringing a sealed deck. And uh, typically what you're just going to be running on these nights is some Archon solo where people bring one deck. Uh, they bring an open deck. They scan it in and you play the decks that everybody brings and just a best of one or sealed solo where, of course, you open up a deck and everybody does that, that best of one around uh it is my it is my opinion and i'll preface opinion because uh, i think depending on how you do it and what your playgroup wants you could get some variance here if you want to but this i think is the baseline uh doing archon and sealed just sealed solo for especially if you're on a weeknight and people have work either earlier in the day or the next day keeping it to a simple uh archon solo and sealed solo uh, it helps keep it simple. People don't have to worry about chain bidding, which is very much his own skill. I love adaptive, but chain building is its own skill that newer players will probably not have the hang of, especially if they don't know the entire card pool yet. Uh, because remember, these playgroups are going to be newer people. They're going to be people who just play on Monday and, you know, don't even listen to amazing podcasts like the Wild Bur- I mean, Call of Discovery. So um, definitely like keep that in mind. And I think sticking with Archon and Sealed is... Uh, is generally the way to go, um, but letting people know when you're going to try something like uh, like a reversal or an adaptive or you know trying out triad one evening, which you'd play less rounds, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's my opinion. There is uh, sticking with Archon and and sealed solo is probably the the best way to just get your get your scene growing. And can you play around with it a little bit? Can you say, okay, everyone, we're only going to do decks from a certain set? Or or do you think just keeping the field open is the best way to keep that barrier to entry low for these kind of nights? 
I think keeping it open is good. I Although a set-restricted Archon would be fun. For Sealed, we always just pick one set to do inter-set play because it gets a little too complicated sometimes. Or intra-set play, excuse me. But the... Yeah, for Archon, we do just allow anything to come. But what I will say is that if you have a good slash experienced player who you can talk to, and um, if they bring something that's just really powerful that your other newbies might not know how to deal with or might not have the the deck selection to really pick something to counter it, um, just make sure you set expectations because what you don't want to do is your really good player to bring that deck every week and mop up the floor with everybody every week. Because, uh, for instance, with us, with Archon Solo, we run that every other week. So to get enough change to actually slow that thing down, you need at least seven to nine chains to really slow down, you know, most good decks. And so that is uh, three consecutive weeks of this person mopping it up at Chainbound. So, uh, for instance, I had somebody who brought a very good Dark Tidings deck. Uh, He's a pretty new player, but a very good player because he's played so many other card games and he's got the brain for it. He brought this very good, very control-heavy Dark Tidings deck with Unfathomable and some other things, Double Strange Ordination. And he wiped the floor. Uh, midway through game two, though, he looked at me and he goes, hey, uh, I kind of realized this might have been a mistake to bring this deck. And so he and I were texting later, like, what uh, using SAS generally as a guide, what date, or what uh, date range, goodness, uh, using SAS generally as a guide, what SAS range of a deck uh, should he bring so that he can bring a slightly lower powered deck and just have a bit more of an even field where he can play hard, but be a little bit handicapped by playing, you know, one of his weaker decks. So we kind of decided on a range. We're going to try to get around roughly 65, right? Not trying to find a gem in the rough there, but actually finding, you know, a good kind of mid to low, low tier Keyforge deck uh, to make that experience better for new players and just give them more of a chance at winning. People can handle losing, uh, but if they can actually beat you and the only factor was you were playing like a weaker deck, that still feels pretty good. And I think is a good policy if you can set up that communication with uh, your experienced players. Completely agree. Completely agree. You've got to make, and that comes back to making sure everyone feels comfortable and enjoys themselves ultimately, which is the key to Huge. a continuing successful <laughs> weekly yes, Keyforge the- night. The heart of a weekly Keyforge night, you don't have a Keyforge night and you don't have Keyforge without people. So how the people feel, how they're enjoying themselves is really the key to it all. And it is about the overall experience. Um, I'm saying this to myself as much as anyone else. Like if one person has one bad night, like that's not your job to fix, um, you know, unless it specifically was like you messed up or something happened that you can say, hey, I'm sorry that happened. But if they're just having an off night and they go, oh, and three and it's not really anybody's fault like just remember you can't really fix that you can give them encouragement um but you can't control whether or not people are going to come you can just make the best best atmosphere you can you can encourage good behavior in others play with your cards upside down and then uh just hope people respond to that absolutely absolutely and deck power level isn't the only leveler is it there is another handicap system implicit to chain bound yes now the the biggest point with chains is that uh, like i mentioned uh, a little bit ago it does take a while for really good decks to get those chains on there if they don't have them now what you might be suggesting is uh, somebody voluntarily add a few extra chains to their deck which actually might be a halfway decent uh, a halfway decent idea because even if they win uh they're still acquiring chains and the person across them had a, a better fighting chance However, I will say, uh, based on the deck that swept uh, our previous Archon Chainbound um, and our, my very 
sharp, sharp-minded friend uh, Joshua, who is piloting it, when he looked at me, he said, "This is a very oppressive deck. I don't even think it's the chains on the deck, uh, because it's a really oppressive, control-heavy, unfathomable deck. So even if that deck has chains on it, uh, I think he will bring it back out. Uh, he will bring it back out once um, our playgroup is a bit more mature and uh, our our players are more experienced and they have the tools to really sick it to him when he tries to play." Uh, super control heavy game just on this that formats and variants so <laughs> for me now formats are something you play and variants are something you catch i'd really rather <laughs> i'd really rather that keyforge shout out to the disney plus subscribers <laughs> took the oh yes also how good was loki how was good was good loki oh oh that last episode anyone listeners you've got to watch loki um so the the last so spoiler free keyforge joke about the last episode the last episode actually uh showed uh all the keyforge decks being generated around that final scene when uh when that thing <laughs> happened that was the keyforge decks being generated if you can believe it it was worth it for the incredible monologue uh from the <laughs> designer of all keyforge <laughs> was that richard garfield or was it just a variant <laughs> i don't know <laughs> He, I, I actually that would be that would be amazing if that character was a Richard Garfield variant. I Anyways, mean, <laughs> in the real world, maybe Richard Garfield. No, no, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> okay, um, and, and sealed, of course, has its positives for the local game store too. Yes, important to remember. Uh, having sealed, we try to run sealed. Uh, we run sealed twice per month because that is getting decks out the door. And man, even if you're uh, averaging four people and you get that chain bound to fire that's still like that's still 40 bucks in the store's pocket and they get to move some product so uh be sure to remember that and honestly it's not too hard to remember that because people love sealed people want to play sealed more than archon at this casual community level i have learned uh and so i don't know if we will play sealed more often than we play archon at some point it also depends on what people are comfortable with but uh yeah that's a great boon a great boon to to playing to playing sealed something related to that though is um taking a group's temperature and talking to the flgs uh, about prize support what most stores will do uh is so uh, what, well what prize support is actually if you're a future champion you'll need to know this your store can purchase a box from ffg that includes uh two really nice play mats a whole bunch of chain trackers uh some deck boxes all sorts of swag and i know it will involve and change in, in future boxes as things go forward and they buy this box for some amount of money i'm not sure how much and it's enough to run uh, a couple of chain bounds out of with prize support where you can give the first place person a play mat you can give everybody who participates a deck box really just working with your store on how you want to distribute these typically what a store will do is add five dollars to the entry fee for the event so sealed regular would just be 10 bucks for the deck but $15 with uh, playing sealed with prize support and Archon with prize support would of course go from uh, zero to five, or even if they're, if they're charging just for table space. Uh, but it would be five bucks per person usually for, for Archon. So it's a bit higher stakes. Uh, I don't think we're going to implement it at our local scene for a few months until uh, all of these new people, we're getting new people every week right now. But once we have, uh, a core of regulars who are regular four to six people who are showing up are experienced players at that point. That's when I think uh, we'll bump it up to a, a five a five dollar entry for the uh, for the prize support. One because people do love prize support that will get more people out there. So I think 
uh, there is a point where you'd be missing out if you don't give away price support. Um, and hey, it's more money. It's more money for the store because they do end up making profit off of that price support box. And the store will also know that people love prizes. There's these are playmats you can only get through price support at chain bounds like these. Awesome, awesome. And that stuff is still going. The swag is still flowing, or or has that stopped at, at the moment? Oh gosh, um, I I don't know. Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, it may have stopped because I knew I know they do uh, four organized play boxes per year. So there's like one for each quarter of the year and uh i don't know my flgs hasn't ordered more mostly because uh we have been working off of uh one box from i want to say early early to like mid probably mid to late 2019 uh with a bulwark playmat so if you've paid attention to organized play the bulwark playmat is from a while back and so we've still got one for somebody to win at some point and it is so it is an antique as far as keyforge is concerned i love my uh, bulwark playmat yeah. <laughs> that's all i can say <laughs> that's that. good that's good yeah so something to talk with your flgs about i'm not sure of the availability of those uh, if you're desperate and you have money to spend uh ebay they are they are they're on ebay <laughs> People are selling them Indeed. because of COVID. And and just thinking about new players here, you get a new player in and there's always the risk that they're going to find themselves with a truly unfathomable deck. And I don't mean a deck with House Unfathomable, but I mean one of those super duper thinky Keyforge decks that maybe doesn't lend itself quite so well to new players. So what can you do to alleviate some of those things you know or perhaps you're playing archon and you know steve uh or or, or johnny has brought uh, the super strong beatdown deck and uh you you need the new player to have something that they find easy to play but something that could also stand stand on its own two feet against this beatdown deck yeah of course um for Archon, for new players, I like to have loner decks. Uh, I have a great called the Archon's deck that it doesn't have any doubles, so it's uh, it's got some variants. However, whoa, whoa. it's a Zach. You're not calling new players loners. <laughs> do you have? Oh, no, do you have no, I have. Walking, you're like <laughs> loner. <laughs> no, no loaders, as in decks I can loan to them. Uh, okay, okay, decks I can hand to Whew. the lovely people who come who come into the board game store. Uh, and I, I have one deck in particular that is great for that because it's quite powerful and it has uh, some wacky cards in there, but it's, it's a quite a powerful deck. And so as long as the, the new person is comfortable going ahead and playing in a chain bound. And if that's the case, then I, I usually like to sit back and TO, especially if I'm the, the odd number, right? Like uh, there would be five players, but I can step out and that way I can just help and, and coach them a bit as they, as they play this deck. Um, so look, just look for one in your collection. Probably call of the archons is going to have uh slightly less complicated choices and be a little more straightforward for a new player find one with some some steel so they've got some experience of what amber control feels like uh maybe some untamed in there uh, i know the one i use for people is dis logos brobnar um i had somebody pull off a uh, uh king of the crag uh king of the crag collar of subordination really silly play in his first game against me where his eyes just lit up and i'm like aha i got you <laughs> <laughs> it's that moment you've, they're going to be an found a combo. before they know it <laughs> they they realized these are suboptimal cards but they're in this deck because they have to be and 
I have an amazing play with suboptimal cards that will win me the game. Like that was what was going through his head. And it was, it was absolutely beautiful. Has he come back uh, since? Uh, yes, he came back uh, a few times. That was pre pandemic. Uh, oh. I do know he's got some, some, uh, some just busyness in life where he wants to come back. And as soon as he can, I think, I think we'll have him back. Awesome. Uh, awesome. And, uh, to cover the other, just to quickly to cover sealed, I think the expectation to set there, one, is just, hey, it's sealed. You could get something totally wacky. And I think if somebody is understanding what Keyforge is about, even if their deck's a little confusing, they're going to love that sense of discovery if they know that's what they're jumping into, right? And I think the other thing is uh, set selection. Age of Ascension is great for really, for learning to play on. Um, now, sometimes the players won't feel like they have as much agency if their amber control is super low or non-existent. But Age of Ascension is a pretty solid set for a young playgroup to really cut their teeth on. Uh, and the others are good too. Call of the Archons is fine. I'm really excited about trying Worlds Collide soon with some of the new players. However, with new players, um, avoid Dark Tidings. It is a very complicated to play. The games slog on a lot and uh, matchups where one person really has control of the whole game the whole time aren't terribly uncommon. So avoid Dark Tiding Sealed if you're a bunch of new players. Wait until your new players go, actually, I do kind of enjoy these cool Dark Tidings things I've seen. Can we do Dark Tidings? And then then jump in. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and of course, when you're playing with just one set as well, the number of mechanics are generally lower that, that new yes. players are going to come up against. The number of houses and number of play styles are going to be lower, which which aids learning to a certain extent, even in the event that it's a Dark Tidings deck. I'm sure people can push new players over the line to a certain, <laughs> once again, to a certain extent. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And the the last thing I'll say is that if you are the, if you are the, the champion for this play group, right? And you know that maybe you have, uh, like, so we're a college town. If you've got uh, college kids who might be on a budget or somebody who you just know is in between jobs because of COVID but still wants to come out to play with, like, their one or two decks, and you tactfully have a chance to offer to cover them for sealed, just, like, figure out if there's a way you can do that. You might have somebody else in your playgroup who, who offers. Uh, just be aware of that, right? Like, you don't want to insult anybody's pride or dignity, um, but also just like have that available. If the only difference between somebody playing is like, well, I don't really like money's a bit tight. I don't want to spend the 10 bucks. Just be ready to tactfully, lovingly, uh, maybe take care of that. And that will help your play group if, and show somebody that you really care. Right. Um, cause decks are only 10 bucks. If you're in a position to be able to just have a, so a little bit of money set aside to say, here's what I'm going to use to cover, cover people, even a newbie say, Hey, I'll cover you right don't even make it about whether it's financial need or not just say oh hey i'll cover you today like i got you so just so you can play like um just have a mind have a mind towards that it has to be done carefully it has to be done tactfully i can't really go over how complicated people feel about money here on call of discovery right uh but that's just something to be aware of what just you and i on call of discovery i feel very uncomfortable about money Zach. <laughs> Well, then you've been uncomfortable for uh, about a year and a half uh, out of your two years here, buddy. So I think you can take it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Zach, you know, we, we've spoken about all of these things. And this is once you've got people in the door. And I think St uh, Steve 
on our episode one, building a community, mentioned the phenomenon of sitting in a room, hoping people turn up and sometimes they don't. <sighs> so yep. how to get people into the room? Do you stand on the roof of the FLGS with a megaphone shouting, you must play Keyforge? Do you run out into the road, drag people out of their cars? and into the uh, FLGS or, you know, how does, how does this whole advertising malarc work? Sure. So there's a, there's a couple avenues. One is just uh, word of mouth. If you're a part of board game groups or go find board game groups, uh, or you just see people around that board game store because you're hanging out there. If you have one other person, go play Keyforge at the board game store. People will see you. People will ask. Um, and the other thing is back to that relationship with the management of the FLGS. If the staff is bought into Keyforge, then they will tell people about Keyforge. People are going to come and show up to play Magic. That's that's fine. But like our uh, Sean at my FLGS is amazing. At whenever somebody comes in and shows any inkling toward card games, he says. By the way, we've got Keyforge every Monday night. It's a great time. It's unique decks. A deck's only 10 bucks. That's all That's all you need to get going. It's a ton of fun. And I've gotten multiple people just from Sean telling people at the cash register about it. Uh, that being said, if your board game store is not advertising it or you can put a poster together, try to put a poster up at the board game store. Put little, maybe get little business cards made with information about your your uh, your Keyforge play nights um, ne next to the cash register. Uh, on top of that, there's, of course, the Internet. So just post everywhere on the Internet the day before or the day of your stuff and post there consistently. Um, it just takes a couple of minutes to go across, uh, you know, local nerd Keyforge discords, Facebook groups. Uh, remember to ask permission if you're not the one like running a, you know, a board game group. Just check with the admin. Say, hey, do you mind if I post this once about about Keyforge to get people out? Uh uh, go to places people are looking for things to do in your local physical area. Uh, like I've gotten a number of players, some really great people off of our uh, local Reddit for local subreddit for uh, for my town. People just looking for things to do or I posted I posted about the night as an actual post on the subreddit and somebody said, actually, this sounds like a lot of fun. I might I might come out. So just post everywhere you can think of. Um, ask ask any other nerdy friends where they gather with other nerdy people locally online um, and post, post, post. Post information. If you have a link to the event on the stores page or uh, if you're insane like me and you made your own website for your local playgroup, <laughs> AthensForgeMasters.com. Uh, if you've done that, then, then uh, point people to that. But uh, just posting it everywhere consistently is is really the best thing to do alongside just just uh talking to people talking to people in person and then just pray that ffg you know remembers to market their game at some point nice little dig there nice little dig yeah. they, they they earn it once every uh about once a quarter here on call of discovery we like to be positive but we don't like to hide in the bushes <laughs> no, and, and we have to always caveat that with the fact that we're super excited about the future of keyforge the designs oh, yes. are hard at work and keyforge has a bright and illustrious future ahead of it 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 very much does uh and i uh, mean that being said i have seen i have seen some online ads for keyforge that a bunch of us started getting about six weeks ago so that's uh that's a great a great thing and um uh i won't repeat uh, uh scandalous rumors from italy uh, but if the scandalous rumors from Italy are true, uh, then we should be getting some amazing announcements by the end of the year. 
well, well, we should be getting an- another amazing set by the end of the year, I think. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get the <laughs> yeah, announcement before that. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. yeah, with, uh, you know, potentially a new house looming. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I also think I'm old enough that by the end of the year, at the end of July, is really not that long of a time when you're in your mid-30s like me. <laughs> No, no. And I'm even, like, oh, that's just a few weeks from now. Even for young people like me in their late twenties, Zach, uh, <laughs> it's it, it's a it's a relatively short space of time. And I'm I'm just thinking for on a more somber note for some people listening to this, going, oh, I just wish I had a friendly local game store. It didn't survive the pandemic. Um, mm, there yeah. are other locations that you can you can go. Um, yes, and I think ultimately. Yeah, bars, restaurants, pubs, whatever you want to call them, places where people come together are hoping that they can survive really in this new world. And if you give them an opportunity to have, you know, even if it's two, three, four people coming weekly, um, that makes a huge difference to them. That's a, a constant source of income from a bunch of people that are going to sit quietly and buy drinks um, mm-hmm. or, or maybe not quietly um, and have a great time. Um, and board game cafes. They won't cafes. be sitting quietly if they have forging noises. <laughs> exactly. And board game cafes, which, uh, you know, it seems like is a, a more sustainable business model in some places for uh, yeah. for people that love playing games. Um a lot of board game cafes here in the UK run Keyforge nights and even mm. run Keyforge nights that don't run Magic Nights and other games. And I think there's 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 something to that because Keyforge seems to appeal to a board game audience a little bit more than yeah. those other TCGs and CCGs. Um, and certainly that's what we've seen here in the UK. And Sealed is an excellent, I think, format for those board game cafes because they know they're getting a a good source of income. It's often a you know a very nice environment, and you can sit and have your dinner there at the same time as playing a bit of Keyforge, or you can have a drink or something. You know, it, it normally works for everyone. Monday nights might be a dead night for them otherwise, and um, yeah, so you might find yourself a lovely a lovely space. So just just because you don't have a an FLGS in your local area, it doesn't mean you can't be a Keyforge champion. I know that our local board game cafe runs uh a chainbound event you know they get the formality of a chainbound um so i'm not sure what that line is i'm sure a lot of restaurants which have a a few games there you know you could probably end up turning that into a chainbound as well um mm-hmm. i'm sure ffg will be be flexible with you in helping you get something up and running that's a that's a great point and just to augment that um i know here in the in the usa uh if you don't have like a, a restaurant that would quite fit right if you don't have an flgs I know in the USA, something like uh, libraries have rooms you can rent for next to nothing or completely free. So you could have a room at a library that that might uh, fit your people or a community center uh, here in the US might be a place where you could do that as well. So definitely there are ways to get creative if you don't happen to have a, a friendly local game store in your area. Bookstores are another one in the UK that hold hold gaming nights mm. sometimes and yeah. um, quite a nice quite a nice environment for that really nice bookshop yeah sounds like evening it. smell of books lovely lovely <laughs> okay thank you so much zach for sharing some of your tips and tricks i think we're all a little bit out of the habit of turning up weekly to keyforge nights or running keyforge nights and it's a good chance it's a good time for people to get started doing that again or actually 
if that you've never done that before, if you're not a Keyforge champion, get out there and do it. You know, what's the worst that could happen? Really nothing. So <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> give it a go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And this uh, episode was just a lot of context for a lot of different points uh, for tips and tricks that that we both brought up. And if you have uh, one, any questions, if you're trying to figure out your own unique situation, um, I I uh, would be more than happy to talk with you on like uh, across Discord or Twitter messages or over email and just uh, do some brainstorming with you to help figure out uh, the best way to approach your situation to get a Keyforge Knight going, or if you have any additions, things that I didn't mention uh, about making people feel comfortable, making the night a success, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely shoot me a message, and I will, I will add it to the pile, and I'm sure I'll bring it up in conversation elsewhere and on future episodes. Awesome. Thanks again, Zach, for, for sharing all of that. And our door is open, dear listener, if you want to ask any questions or get any cool Discovery vibes for planning your local events. If you're enjoying Call of Discovery, please do subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you're new to Keyforge, please check out the new player guide on Archon Arcana. It is the wonderful Keyforge wiki resource linked below, and it will help you get started on your own unique journey into this wonderful game. If you're looking to support us monetarily, please do visit our Patreon link below where you can sign up to support us monthly and enjoy rewards like our exclusive Discord, where we get many of the topics and questions for the show. We've also recently started a new series of podcasts just for our wonderful Patreons entitled Beyond Discovery, where we tackle some things that we just don't tackle on the main podcast so definitely check that out and become part of the patreon family if you are intrigued let us also know what you'd like to see more of or less of in future shows by interacting with us across social media and you can always send us an email at podcast at calldiscovery.com but most importantly if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast please do help them to discover it have you answered the call of discovery? <laughs>